and welcome to the Ski Racing Podcast with me, Ed Drake. Marcel Mathis is back, and we are also joined this week by Olympian and Ski Sunday host, Mr. Graham Bell. We'll take a look back at some awesome speed events for the men in Bormio, as well as the women's slalom from Semmering in Austria, which was uh, cut down to just the slalom after they tried to run a GS in that heavy wind and then had to cancel out the first round, which was a bit of a shame. Um, gentlemen, how are you both? Very good. Very good. Enjoying? Yeah, great. E- enjoying? Lockdown tier four. <laughs> well, they shut the ice rinks, so it's kind of yeah. I'm, I'm having to go out on rollerblades instead. I used to love the rollerblades. Yeah, I've actually got a pair of uh, figure skating rollerblades. Right, how, how do they differ? Rollerblades. Uh, they've got a toe a toe pick. They've got a toe stopper on the front. Oh right, cool. Uh, so you can do like little jumps and stuff, toe loops, and they've got that built-up heel at the back as well, and they look kind of like they've got. They're very feet. sleek. They're very they're figure skates rather than hockey hockey skates. Right for those for those of you that aren't aware, Graham isn't just doesn't just love figure skating. He's actually uh, about to start performing and dancing on ice, which starts when Graham seventeenth. Seventeenth, yeah. So it's banging weekend. You're going to have to get your priorities for that weekend. Come on. <laughs> how's all the, how's, tell us how it's all going. How's the training going? Yeah, training's been going really well. I've got a fantastic uh, pro and coach, um, Yebin Mok, uh, who was born in uh, Seoul in Korea, uh, moved to California when she was five years old, took up skating, didn't quite make the US Olympic team, uh, but was up there in in single pet in single figure skating uh, and then when she quit uh, her kind of amateur uh, profession went pro uh, she started um, uh, doing ice dancing like shows and stuff and uh, she's she's a coach as well so as well as being a pro she's got athletes that she coaches up in Sheffield so it's been really really useful to have, you know with such a good coaching uh, mentality and and uh, you know, the two of us are pretty competitive. And yeah, I was going to say, what, what, sort of pu- what sort of pupil are you? Um, I'm the one, yeah, I, I, I push it. I mean, I've been pushing it as hard as I can physically and mentally. You know, a lot of the times I'll, I'll say, you know, she'll be explaining something and I'll just say, show me. <laughs> just show me. And I'll make her, make her do it like three times. And then I go, okay, I got it. And then I'll do it and I'll practice and I'll practice and I'll practice. And then she'll come and she goes, that's really good. Do it again. It's really good. Do it again. <laughs> Hard taskmaster, master them by the sounds of it. Yeah, we're both the same though. We are both the same, uh, you know. So similar, similar kind of attitude. No, if you're not, no. you know, I only get to do this once. It's it's a once in a lifetime thing uh, to to be able to do dancing on ice. No one ever goes back to it. So I want to try and do it as best as I can. You were saying off air that it's uh, it's really nice being taught something again because obviously it's been it's been a couple of years since your retirement from racing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and we, the weird thing is, you know, over the years, I mean, I've been retired for what for over twenty years now, uh, and I've always kept myself fit by the fact that I need to be fit for skiing in the winter because I want to try and get the best out of my skiing. Uh, but I've always found the best way of uh, motivating myself to keep fit is to enter like ridiculous endurance challenges that yeah. you know mean that I have to be fit, like the marathon de Sable or an Ironman and things like that. Um, but actually, in in lockdown one, I, I discovered uh, 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 flat water kayaking, so sprint kayaking, 
And I started to do that with some mates uh, who had a selection of boats because they, the, the, like the, the most wobbly boat, the most- They're ridiculous, aren't they? Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, so I found that in lockdown one, learning that was very, very useful because it wasn't just the same going out, you know, training, training, going, you know, lifting weights, you know, doing aerobic exercise. I found that the, the, uh, the mental, the mental side of learning something new was very, uh, very, very important uh, to me in, in lockdown one, because I struggled a bit with that, with kind of losing the, 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 the end of the ski season. No, 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 it looks like I'm going to lose the whole of this ski season, at least until March. Oh, just, I don't know when the last time either of you two went a whole winter without skiing, but it's certainly been a while for me. And I just, well, I'm not, I'm not doing good. Never, I'm, getting, really. I'm getting more and more annoyed watching other people enjoy skiing and me sat in London. Well, yeah, we're locked down here for. So, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm hoping that I'll get to the end of Dancing on Ice, 21st of March, and then, I'll uh, put the snow tires on the car and uh, hope for a, a good end to the season. Yeah, fingers crossed. At least we we'll get Easter out there. Shall we uh, take a look back at yes. Bormio? The Bormio let's, let's kick off with the uh, with the downhill, which I, I can't I can't think of a race that I was so excited. Well, I was commentating on it, but watching, being you know. It was so cool. It was gnarly. It was icy. Top ten separated by six tenths. It, that's racing, isn't it? That sh yeah, that is what ski racing should be all about. It really should. And there was crashes as well. Um, you know, there was recoveries. There was just like, it was all action all the way through. And, you know, Bormio is a tough course. Uh, you know, I, I used to actually like enjoy racing there. Um, sadistic. But, yeah, uh, it's sadistic. Like dark and, and bumpy down the bottom. And I think it kind of splits, you know, the top section... Um, you've got to have a little bit of kind of natural downhill ability um, and kind of out of the start uh, over the rocker and then down the Canalino. And then it goes into this kind of super G section where the turns are tight, but they're not too tight. So you can just about get away with running a little bit wide. Then you've got a nail uh, going on to the, uh, the bumpy traverse. Carcentina. Yeah, Carcentina. You've got, to, you've got to nail that. That's kind of like... It's kind of like in Kitzbühel, you've got to have the line right going exit style hang. Uh, you've, that's all about line. Uh, and then if you can carry that line well down through the little uphill section over the San Pietro, that's the only thing. The San Pietro jump was a bit disappointing. It wasn't. Yeah, a jump. it wasn't. It wasn't as big, was it? I mean, it's no, been, it was nothing this year. They cut yeah. a little bit down to that fresh snowfall that we had yeah, just could have been. after the training runs certainly slowed down that middle section but the, the bottom up they were still doing best part of 140 k's oh yeah yeah so the, yeah so flying down that the down the shows maybe because they didn't jump as far they were going to go faster when they came out onto the flats uh, and then you go into this section where if you've got a little bit of light going in it just suddenly it's like someone's turned the light out and you've got this right-footed turn, or you're kind of close enough to the to the to the trees that it's, any light that there was would be is all kind of shaded anyway. Mm. Um, and you've got to be able to nail that turn to, in order to get the heights to dive down. There's three turns on the pitch that are just dark, and you've got to be aggressive and you've got to punch it down there. And that's the split I always looked at and thought, right, if you can, if you can do well on that split, then you're going to do well in Kitzbühel because that's the test of, you know, that's a test of your courage um, as much as, you know, your skiing ability. 
but yeah, there was some guys that skied really well down there. Uh, there was guys like Roman Bauman who basically looked like he had a parachute. He basically deployed parachute as he came onto the top of the pitch, <laughs> skied the whole section with his arms out and started. So work, work, working for him somehow though. He's found some fresh form out of somewhere. Well, um, it didn't work for him in that race. Uh, Marcel, what, what are your highlights of, uh, of the downhill? I mean, it must have been like Cochrane Siegel almost crashing twice and still smashing it. <laughs> I mean, that was unbelievable. You know what? Like, I think he almost did it on purpose in the first one. Not the, not the actual mistake, but keeping it low so he wouldn't stop his skis from running. I think he must have done it on purpose because he didn't lose any time there. Mm. And I thought that was probably the most impressive thing I've ever seen in my life. Because everyone would have gone down, but he just kept on going. I think his, he's got obviously really strong knees because I think my legs would have fallen off <laughs> just to try and get back up out of that position that he landed off. Uh, well, off he, had, that he had a really bad knee injury, didn't he, a few seasons ago? And it took mm. him a long, long time to come back. And, you know, he's taken a, yeah, he's taken a while to get back into it. Uh, he's, he's just brimming with confidence now. I mean, I think that that he could have been on the podium if it not for that second mistake. That second mistake did cost him time. I, I, I yeah. think I think that definitely cost him. He, I, I can't. It looked like he was on for a win. I mean, he was only what was he three tenths off in the end. And that yeah. mistake probably cost him, you know, a couple of tenths, and then whatever that cost him lower down after, you know, in terms of lost speed or lost confidence through those last couple of dump, bumpy, dark turns, but. I mean, to get your first, I know it was the Super G, but we'll cut on to that in a minute. But to get your first win in, in Bormio, that, that says something about, about you, doesn't it? Yeah. Straight, straight welcome to the party. But Matthias Meyer came out on top, Kriegmeier 400s back in second, and then Kriembel backing up that weather race, if you like, the uh, opening race of the, of the season when they, the opening downhill of the season, sorry, in, um, in Val d'Azur. People talked about that being a weather race and, you know, the guys only getting on the sharp and going up to the podium because of weather and Korean ball backs it up with six hundredths off a win in third. I think he is definitely going to be here till the, you know, for the, for the long haul. Korean balls skied well in Bormio in the past though. Um, and yeah, he's part of this new wave of, uh, of, of Swiss uh, that have really come through. Uh, Niels Hinterman. Um, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's part of that wave. He's like what you would call a short pilot. He's, yeah. <laughs> he, he, he used up a few lives again, didn't he? This that weekend. Jesus. The fact that in Val air, I've crashed coming out of the compression. I've hit that net. Um, but yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, the, the Swiss, um, the Swiss looking strong apart from Foyts. What is up with Foyts? Marcel, what, what do you reckon? You got a viewpoint? I on think it? he just. I actually thought he he tried really hard this race. Like he was a bit. He was a bit backing up like the last ones, but this one he tried really hard. I don't think he has the feel for the skis yet. I mean, he's not getting younger, let's be honest. He's he's a, an amazing ski racer, but there might be something in the back of his mind that stops him from skiing fast yet. Um, same with Paris, really. He had two rubbish races, and now he just came back. So maybe Kitzbühel or Wengen is going to be one for for um, Foyts. I think for, um, for Foyts... We're so used to watching him race and him being the coolest ski racer on there, just totally chilled out, not really looking like he's trying, being super efficient, super smooth. And he, I think that was the, he, he demonstrated those same skills in the opening couple of races, but they didn't, it didn't pay off. And so he's gone, wait a minute, I might have to 
I'm going to have to work harder at this. I'm going to have to really fight. And that definitely didn't work either. Um, I think it's, yeah, I think, I think it's timing. I think he's just not got to grips with maybe the new equipment, maybe, you know, suffering the fact that they only skied in, you know, Zermatt over the summer, maybe the, he missed some higher speed stuff and longer length courses that they get in South America. You've got to find it quick. Bloemvengen, <laughs> not too long, not too far away. Yeah, I mean, I think if anyone's going to bring it back to him, it'll be, it will be the classics. It'll be Wengen and Kitzbühel. Uh, I think with Paris, um, it, Paris is, 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 is almost back. There was, yeah, there were real signs that Paris, you know, there was a couple of little mistakes that he made that he would have, you know, in, in olden days, like before the injury, um, previous years, that he would have not made. Uh, but uh, yeah, Paris, I think will come back strong, and I think it'll be back there in in, in Kitzbühel. Maybe not yeah. Vengen, but Kitzbühel. Yeah, he definitely needed that feel good of a home race in terms of you know a place that he goes and wins and wins well multiple yeah. times, multiple seasons to go there, get that confidence when you're when you're coming back from an injury, not sure how the body's going to fare up in race conditions, to go back to somewhere where you've got such good memories. Yeah, like is really, really important, obviously. And I think he, yeah, may have just sort of cut short his sort of return to his best by going there and, and charging hard and getting the confidence. I actually interviewed Paris in Wengen last year for Ski Sunday, and we were going to use it for the Kitzbühel program. And then he went and blew his ACL training in uh, um, Kirchberg, I think it was just down the valley from Kitzbühel uh, before the training runs even started. And I, I think I worked out that it's every odd year he podiums or wins in Kitzbühel, and every even year he doesn't. <laughs> so I'd say to him, so "Are you going to break this trend this year, 2020?" Um, and he was like, "Oh, of course, of course." And then he hurt himself. So we're back on schedule right, okay, for good. a Paris uh, a Paris win because uh, it's an odd year. But so no, it's yeah, it's a, it's an odd year coming up. Let's see. I hope so. I mean, I think what is so good about the men's downhill off the back of this race is that it's ridiculously wide open. There are so many yeah. skiers at the moment. There's, there's not, you know, yeah, like I said, top 10, six tenths. That's one, that's one small error yeah. from, from anybody. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit about the Austrians, um, uh, Meyer and Kriechmeyer. Um, yeah. Superb technical skiers i mean they're the kind both the kind of skiers that you would you know you would show to a young race and say this is what downhill's all about you know they've got uh, you know that perfect position of you know the upper body lower body separation you know the hips always in the right position i, I prefer the way that kriechmeyer skis to to meyer he just kriechmeyer just looks more aesthetically pleasing uh whereas meyer you know he, he kind of looks a bit more like he's fighting it um, but the two of them, yeah, they are, um, you know, they're, they're just textbook. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Kriechmeyer comes more from the GS background. So we were always skiing together and he has like a really fine technique. And funny enough, he actually said him being a really good skier, he said Cochrane Siegel has the best technique on his, from his perspective, which I thought was really interesting because his technique himself is, is pretty good, I'd say. Um, so I thought that was really interesting what he said, but I agree with you. Um, both of them are really fine skiers, and the media was very pleased. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say races. Yeah, that's got men and women. No, no victory, so they're going to be very happy about that. 
yes, I think they, uh, that's a, a welcome break for the Austrian, <laughs> Austrian ski federation. Uh, it, it, it was quite funny. They said, oh, the chosen ones, one and two, and then they were like talking and banging on about them. But in the end, they were like, but the Swiss are still, are still leading the, uh, the Nations Cup. And they were like, this is actually going to be really tricky for us because I think they have 600 points behind or something. Yeah. And that's really bothering them. <laughs> they're just the Swiss. The, the depth is insane at the moment, isn't it? It's just, there's so many. They're coming from everywhere. And in all disciplines as well, which is uh, ominous. But yeah. Should we head over to the Super G? Let's um, look at the Super G. Ryan Cochrane Siegel's first World Cup win, and he smashed it. Yeah. Absolutely smashed it. Nearly eight tenths in front of Kriegmeier and uh, Sarah Stead in third place on the podium yet again, uh, nearly a second back. It was utter domination from the American. Yeah, and it was all down to that midsection as well, uh, Carchentina. I mean, he absolutely smoked it down there and he came out of out onto the flat after the, the San Pietro with with like over a second advantage. He lost a little bit down the bottom section, um, but, you know, it was dominant, wasn't it? It was just so good. I think it was one of those days where everything just flows and he was just so relaxed. Maybe it's because he'd won the two downhill training runs and, you know, he felt pressure about the downhill that he thought, well, I'm not really favoured for the Super G. I'll just ski it. And he just skied it to perfection. Yeah, you, you, you could be right. I mean, he won training rounds in Val Gardena and finished on the podium in Val Gardena in downhill. Comes in, another two heavy downhill results on the, on the um, training runs. And yeah, a couple of days break and then thought, no pressure on me here. And, but he knows he's he knows the hill obviously when you can ski well in the downhill training you're gonna you know you know the mountain and so watching him down there it was effortless we talked about it in commentary um i don't remember and either of you two can correct me or, or if you if you can think of anybody that that skied it like that normally you think of the stelvio and it's about power and it's about bravery in battling your way down there and being you know, not taking any crap from the hill, whereas Cochrane Siegel just seemed to flow his way down there and sort of be, I don't know, a bit of a cliche, but sort of at one with it. It was much smoother than, maybe it's only because Paris has won it for such a long time and he is a bull in the china shop, yeah. but it was different for me. I thought it was, it was mega skiing. Well, maybe Bodie, Bodie Miller back in the day, but then Bodie didn't have that pure technique that uh, Cochrane Siegel has. Uh, you know, Bodie would be kind of, you know, on in the backseat, arms waving around, you know, kind of standing up, looking weird a lot of the time. <laughs> I mean, he, he almost looked like a gracious ice skater, didn't he? Like, just effortless. It yeah. was cool. It was really cool. But then, I wouldn't uh, even have thought that he was so quick. Like, he, he was... I didn't even re realise it when he was skiing. And I was just like, what, what, where did he get that time from? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you looked at it and thought, maybe, some, maybe a slipper went through the beam. <laughs> Except I thought I thought there might be something wrong with the timing. <laughs> he channeled his inner Bodhi in the downhill anyway, so he, he got that little nod to Bodhi with those. That was, yeah, that was the that that little jump in Canalino uh, where he almost crashed. Was that was the the jump that took out Bodhi in the combined in Bormio at the World Championships in two thousand and five. Well, it didn't take him out. He took a ski off him. He skied the rest of. The <laughs> didn't stop him. He skied the whole he skied the whole run down and then crashed, I think, two turns from the finish because he wanted to race the slalom section of the combined. So remember, he skied the whole of the combined downhill on one ski, but then 
his leg blew up as he came. Surprise! It's like a kilometre vertical that blew in downhill track. <laughs> One of the classic moments in ski racing. That I think that is a highlight. But Creekmeyer, because obviously that that second place was was the first result for him of the season. Even though he was so far off, I think that was super valuable for the rest of his season. Obviously, worked out well for his downhill performance the next day. But I think that little um, bit of a push, a little pick me up of a good result that he's needed because he's not really been there this season. He's looked un- out of shape, not out of shape, sorry, out of sorts in the first couple of races. I mean, we know this was only the third downhill in. But... Yeah, I mean, you can kind of discount Valdi's there, really, on the OK. I mean, it was a kind of, it was a weather race. You know, it was so weather dependent. Uh, and then Val Gardena, you know, it's it's not really, you know, a, a technical skier's downhill. Yeah, it's a downhill as downhill. You're in the air more than you're on the ground. But then you know, Bormio is 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 the one that then sets you up for the classics of Bengen and Kitzbühel. And he also changed his equipment, which is also sometimes can be tricky. So I guess that's a good self confidence, a good booster for his confidence for the next couple of races, knowing that the skis work well. And yeah. what about and what about Cesar uh, Cesar Can't even say his name. <laughs> um, picking up another podium he looks he is a powerful skier anyone know how tall he is i was trying to work out if he's a big athlete he's, or if he's, he's a not very tall no. he? like he's a nutter like he's a nutter isn't he and, and the downhill he was like all over the place again yeah he's a bit like night and day <laughs> he did he did i just i wonder whether he just pushed it you know good confidence performance in the super g that he then pushed it a little too hard in the downhill but He's, but you said it in commentary, Ed. Uh, you said something like you don't want, as a coach, you wouldn't want to say, right, stop um, charging too, you know, so hard. Yeah. You know, uh, because you don't want to tame the beast that's that's there. And, and, you know, if you're skiing fast, you're skiing fast. Eventually, you'll learn to ski it to the finish, but you cannot suddenly learn to ski it fast you know yeah. that you know if you're skiing fast keep skiing fast okay if you're not making the finish you know uh, or you're not or you're making mistakes eventually you'll iron out the mistakes and then you'll win um but you if you're skiing slowly then, <laughs> then it doesn't matter if you make it to the finish or not <laughs> yeah, there's no way there's no way you could go no yeah no it's tr- very true but um what are your guys' thoughts in terms of Cochrane Siegel from here on in? Is he going to be a contender for the title? Do you see him go? Is he going to be somebody that's going to hit the top step in all types of downhills or or super Gs? I think if he, if he can ride that wave of confidence, he seems to me to be uh, very intense, uh, a very intense person, uh, certainly in the finish area, uh, and he's very hard on himself as well. So he sets a very high bar. Um, very high standards, uh, which, you know, if if things are working well and he can and ride, ride the wave of confidence, then, you know, I think he will continue to set the bar high and he could potentially go on to be, you know, one of the best, you know, downhill racers that we've ever seen, potentially. But equally, you know, it, you know, it, it can happen, you know, it can turn around so quickly in both directions. Yeah. I think he has everything to be like a top star, um, but I'm slightly concerned about last about his last downhill run. I think that has probably knocked his confidence a tiny bit because he was riding the wave, and then he was like, "Oh, actually, 
fuck, I still have to be a bit cautious what I'm doing here. You still get a few, um, your little wake up call that it's, it's, it's not all risk and glory that sometimes it can, it can bite you. Not too sure on that one, Graham. Well, no, I think, I think he's certainly got good brownie points. Um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of downhillers out there that are, you know, that are going, you know, hats off, you yeah. know, well done. You know, if you can do that and survive, then hell, you can do anything. You know, there's, that's the positive way to look at it. Uh, but the, the speed racing was brilliant. I thoroughly enjoyed uh, watching them versus the mountain. Always yeah. a belter. Um, and I think with the weather call as well, that was quite nice. You know, it was good, good decision to make to use that extra day in the schedule. Um, to... Well, that's the second time the men's tour have done it, haven't they? They did it in Santa Catarina. And the thing is, to be fair, no one's doing anything. It's not like, you know, most people are sat at home, you know, or working from home. And, you know, <laughs> if we can put ski racing on midweek, then put it on midweek. <laughs> but you know, that, that, not, that leads yeah, us on. Change now. Yeah, I mean, that leads us on quite nicely to the, to the women's race who had a weather-affected race of the GS. They ran the first run, uh, which Vlahova was leading, Bassino was second. It was set up for, you know, a really good second run and then they had to cancel it. And they did have to cancel it because if I don't know if anybody saw the pictures. If you didn't, they're all over Instagram and go and check it out. But there were some, you know, it was blowing and it was blowing hard. So I think it was a good decision. It's a real shame for simmering that they weren't able to put it, you know, to just move the schedule back an extra day, but they're going to feel it. They're going to put that GS on further down in the calendar, but a shame that they didn't get it on in simmering. The thing is normally when there's holiday makers and stuff, obviously the world cup closes mount mountains or pistes, but if. And hotel got, rooms as well, it takes up hotel rooms. Exactly. But if we haven't got anybody there, then it seems a real shame that we weren't able to, but yeah, I don't know the ins and outs of why they weren't able to hold that second run of the GS. I mean, they could have, would they have been able to hold the slalom and then hold the second run of the GS two days later? I don't think you're allowed. To, I think you have to get it done within the same day. I don't think they're allowed to. They couldn't push the second run to the following day? I don't think, well, I don't, I don't think. I think there's, yeah, all these rules said to be <laughs> flexible. Depend, depends who's winning. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Austrian winning in Semmering, and they would have they would have got that second round away. What do you think, Marcel? Yeah, they haven't they haven't really done very well on the first round. The Austrians sort of like ah, oh, let's just let's just knock it off. It's fine. <laughs> Pull the pin, get out. <laughs> Schreckenadel was like, oh, maybe we should stop that race. Actually, too windy. <laughs> <laughs> He's there with a fan on the side. He just got to <laughs> blower things. That would be a pretty strong fan. I saw that. I tuned in to watch it. And I'm like, okay, this race isn't happening. <laughs> But the slalom did, and it was pretty good. The tight racing. Schifrin ended up third. She was leading after the first run. Hit and miss. It's it's coming, but it's not consistent yet for her. Leensberger, 1100s back in second place. I was I so thought she was going to take it. I was looking forward to an Austrian winning in Austria. Uh, but Gissin picking up her first World Cup win and the Swiss's first slalom win since 2002. <laughs> yeah. No, it was a great race. Uh, it was a great race. And uh, interesting, uh, Vlahova uh, is, is the one for me. It was like, I don't know why she wasn't able to, um, to get it moving 
on the first run or even particularly on the second run. Yeah. The second run was slightly better, but or you thought it was better, and then Linsberger came down and smashed it to pieces. Yeah, but it, I was saying to Marcel that it was only it only looked so good because she took the lead by such a large margin, but she had a large margin in the start gate, so she only actually made up a tenth on whoever yeah. it was that she that she took the lead yeah. from. So, and in reality, if Lahova's having the run of her life, which she needed to do to put pressure on the girls because she was eight to eight point eight nine back off yeah. the lead of Schifrin, you'd expect her to take the the lead by at least six, seven, eight tenths, probably minimum. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe she trained on the wrong snow, had the wrong setup. Um, who knows? Um, but yeah, I think that she will come back. Uh, you know, it's just a blip for Vlahova. Um, and yeah, it's just one of those days. I mean, I'm not a technical skier, but um, yeah, it's like tinkering, tinkering around with equipment. And, you know, there's so many variables that uh, that can make things go fast or slow in slalom and you know it just didn't work for her that day but i didn't see anything that you know you know she'll be back strong yeah. come the slalom um Schifrin, on the other hand Schifrin was in the perfect position to do a Schifrin, and she didn't do it um you know she she uh, made uncharacteristic mistakes and i don't know if you you weren't commentating where you you're doing the men so uh you could hear her like yes yeah, shouting. She's, yeah 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 you never hear Schiffrin shouting at herself like that so many times on one run you know and i i don't know i mean i just don't think that she's fully you know like 100% mentally there i mean she's got all the bits and you know uh, they're, they're all available too. I just, she just hasn't found a way of, you know, making them fit properly into the, into the jigsaw. Um, and, you know, to have the, the drive and the motivation and, and, and everything kicking in uh, all at the right time. You know, it's going to come back. I mean, I think this whole season for, for Schifrin is just a kind of, you know, let's just, you know, get back into ski racing and see how we go from there. Um, you know, She'll probably, you know, following year, she, you know, we're going into what well, we're going into Olympic year, aren't we? So yeah, she, yeah, she's going to be back really strong. Uh, but I think, yeah, this season, maybe a couple of wins here and there, but she's not the force that that she was. But it doesn't mean that she can't be again. Marcel, what's your take? What's your, what's your take on the slalom? I was I was so pleased with Giesin and and Lienzberger. I thought they skied really well. They pushed really hard. And I mean, Giesin winning a slalom is like, I mean, what can she what can she not do, right? She won. She's almost on every race in the top five. Like she's such a good skier, well deserved. And I think with Lienzberger, she's a bit like underrated with people because she podiumed every single race this season, and she's done it with ease all of them. Like she's she looks so effortless. She's a great skier. And I'm really happy, and I'm 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 with Graham on on Schifrin. She's not there yet, but I think she's maybe making a cut. 2020 done in Zagreb. I think she will be good in Zagreb. Um, I'm actually I'm actually putting my money on her. Hold your horses. Hold ice cream. Ice cream. Just to put it in before everyone else. Just to put it in before everyone else. Cherosky crystal trophy. Like crowns, isn't it? Or yeah, the snow the queen. Hey, let's not yeah. snow queen it yet. No, but I, I, I'm with you in there as well, Graham. She's, I can't wait to see the Schifrin of old. And I've no doubt that we will see it again. 
but it's not quite that sort of consistency because she's still finding she's still finding how you know finding out how it all works in in her life at the moment so you know a podium's not bad is it 100th world cup how, podium. how far was she back like she was not far back and she had made that huge mistake there she yeah. could have she could have won it like yeah. 0.6 back no just problem point six back yeah 100th world cup podium is a pretty pretty decent you don't forget that do you you're not going to forget that i guess guess you would have all wished for that on that on this call (laughs) that was a belter it was brilliant i was feeling quite good about my week this week by the way with my points haul marcel the old points haul in the podcast predictions league sponsored by powderhound so we are now how many weeks in? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven points scoring weeks in. Um, and Marcel, you'll be pleased to know that you're you're dropping like a stone and you're in fifth now in the league. It's still in the still in the range. And I I got robbed by three points or one point. Pintero, he, if he would have had number one, he would have been on the podium, no doubt about it. I'm sorry, actually, Marcel. We we got we we moved off too quickly after <laughs> the G, didn't we? Uh, I forgot to ask you how how uh, Pintero was feeling after being the snowplow. I, I, th- I thought he was skiing brilliant. But isn't that the that's the, the that's the kind of the harsh uh, ruling, isn't it, of the fact that if you're ranked 10th in the world you and it snowed the night before you're always going to end up with like number yeah yeah but i have to say because the downhill in the super g is so competitive this season which we haven't seen in a long time like it's it's going to be so interesting to see who's going to win the overall because slalom is very competitive gs as well and then now the speed disciplines too so even killed it like it's it's not like a, a walk in the park for anyone because he has not scored very many points i mean in, in comparison to what yeah. he would have done last year yeah yeah no it's certainly true and it's making it it's making it really really difficult um to pick winners i don't think they would not you so far away <laughs> yeah i mean i did get the most points this week so i'm feeling a little bit more smug but um yeah so dave riding still leads the league after scoring zero points and he's on 39 points natasha drew is in second place with 37 uh, and some guy called james drake is in third with 34 points yeah i've got 24 points a little bit further down marcel you are oh, did i say you were on where have you gone fifth 32 32 points uh ben clark as um <laughs> He's still at the ski racing guru has got five points. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why he dodged our call for the podcast this week. He's licking his wounds. Graham, Graham, you've only, you've been too busy with your training. So we've I've only- been too busy, I've been, but I have been sneakily going on and putting, putting bets on, uh, I've actually bet on, on, on Gizin to win the slalom in Levy. Did you? Yeah. Oh, in Levy, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like 30 to one as well. I was two, three races too early. Yeah, two, no, we're one race too early. I bet you would have got some decent odds for that. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did have, well, it didn't happen. I did it. it happened too too late. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It wasn't quite the same as when I had, I think I had a tenor on Alice Robinson last year to win Solden at 33 to one. God, did you? Yeah. That was a fun night. Talking of Alice Robinson, she'll be lucky that she'll be glad that the the second run in uh, <laughs> <laughs> was cancelled. Did you see her Instagram? 
Did you see her Instagram? She put, um, she was sitting on the chairlift with her coach and um, it was like, uh, she'd put like some music to the Instagram post and it was like, when you, when you blow out first run, like, and then a bad face. And then when you realize when the race gets canceled due to bad weather, and then it's her like looking all happy. <laughs> so, yeah. There'll be a few of them. Cause a lot of silly mistakes in that first run. So yeah. a lot of uh, ladies come out. Like, to me, like Robinson is, yeah, she's got so much power now. She's like spent a lot of time in the gym and she's so strong, but she just so she's having difficulty controlling that, that immense power. I think we see it a lot though. When you, when you get somebody, that knew that sort of bursts onto the scene with so much promise and then you know it all goes well momentum builds and they stick a load of good results under their belt quite quickly that often it you know that the consistency may be not there yet because they've not because they're so fresh to it so when something doesn't quite go right it means that they dnf or it means that you know the results are, are quite far back whereas a you know, seasoned pro at World Cup or whatever makes a couple of mistakes, and maybe the the outcome isn't as bad as as a fresh as a fresh fish mm-hmm. sort yeah. of thing. But yeah. um, she'll be back. She's Great. too good. You know, a top ten uh, yeah. out, of bad, out of a bad day. Yeah, she's she's. Um, it won't be long because I think she's going to pick. She seems like a smart cookie, and she's obviously a very talented skier. So I don't think it'll be long until she works out how to find that sort of consistency, for want of a better word. Of of snapping off turns left, right, and centre, and, and not having the bad runs that go along with it. Anything else to add to about these races before we? Uh... Oh, Snow Queen time. No, no. Before Snow Queen time, Graham, we've got our getting to know you time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, you were calling me a Snow Queen because. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you've been called worse, Graham, over the years. Hey, wait till you see it. Wait till you see it. <laughs> um. But, okay, so I've got some questions. Marcel's already had a go at this, but um, Graham, where is your favourite place to ski? St. Anton. Okay, that, that leads me. I know what the, one of the answers is going to be to the, the other questions. Um, <laughs> if you could ski with someone for a day, anyone, who would it be? Um, oh, Candide. Candide Tovex. Yeah, because yeah, he's just absolutely certifiably insane, you know. Uh, and I just love to be there when he was filming one of his, you know, days like these, big day out. Yeah. They're mega, those videos, aren't yeah. they? I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody has seen them that's listening to this, but if you haven't, go do yourself a favour, sit and, down. Yeah. <laughs> and get lost in some of those videos. Yeah. I'd, probably, I'd, probably, I'd probably kill myself. Have you met him? <laughs> uh, briefly. I'd, I think he'd be quite a cool customer quite a cool customer um favorite place to app pray uh yeah well probably st anton <laughs> well you, you must you must have you must have a list of places a couple of other places to go with your favorite place what to app ski yeah uh app ski is pretty good in valdez air as well obviously the folly deuce cocoricos i've got some friends who um play in bands and they were due to go out to cocoricos this year but you know, they're, they're in this musicians thing as well. So they're being hit by a double whammy. If you think it's bad for ski instructors, then musicians are getting it even worse, um, you know, with the visa um, problems with Brexit. Right. And, you know, they've not worked in, you know, almost a year now. And, you know, they're all 
you know they were never earning huge amounts of money in the first place so um block off the wall adam isaac um uh mate of mine plays at coca rica or played at coca rica hopefully we'll be back hopefully plays and uh, and a, a fair few nights in in the Londoner in Kitzbühel, I guess as well. Yeah, Kitzbühel, but it's Kitzbühel's only really big when the race week is on for for Apre. You know, it's actually quite a quiet town. Otherwise, you know, it's not it's not like Salbach. Just like three days of debauchery. Salbach is mental compared to Kitzbühel. You know, in normality, you know, the Apre that goes on in Salbach is just you know is off the chart. So yeah, we could we could keep going on about Apres. I, I think I think you've got you've got most of them covered. So if anyone needs yeah. any uh, Apre recommendations, Graham is certainly your man to to pick his brains. Um, who is the best ski racer of all time? Uh, it's a tough one, isn't it? Well, I'm going to go with Franz Klammer just because you know he started it all for uh, for me, and he started it all for Ski Sunday. You know, his win in Innsbruck in '76 was what effectively. Um, you know, caught the imagination of, of the British public and allowed Ski Sunday to get commissioned. And yeah, it's just the kind of, yeah, he is, you know, in my, for my generation, he's the kind of the godfather of ski racing. Hard, hard to argue with. And to be fair, most of the time when people, you know, when we do this and they, people say who their greatest ski racer of all time is, they've always got a point that makes you go, yeah, maybe it's that one who's the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> it's a lot of good races. Um, also, he's a really nice guy as well. He's a superb guy. You know, he's very, very funny. Yeah, because you did some really good interviews. Do you remember that uh, program that you did for the BBC um, with Michael Johnson in the build-up yeah. to yes. Vancouver? You did some really good interviews with him. Yes, and you know what? I, I spoke to one of the I spoke to the Austrian press officer, and I said, "Oh, yeah, we're we're going to be interviewing. We're in the Tiefenbrunner Hotel in Kitzbühel, and we were setting up." And he said, "Yeah, we're interviewing Clamour in about twenty minutes." And he goes, "Ha ha! I just saw him. He's at a lunch. He's really drunk." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "What?" And the producer's like, "What?" And he turned up, and he was absolutely brilliant. He was just brilliant. What What was the What was it called? No. <laughs> what was it called? The the show because it's on you. It's on YouTube. So it's and it's brilliant. It's a really, really, and I'm not blowing smoke up your ass, but it's a really, really good skiing. The Michael Johnson one. Uh, yeah. I think it was something about fear or something. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it. I think if you type it, interviews for uh, for that and uh, you what sorry any credit <laughs> or any money. <laughs> really? Oh God. It's usually the unique way the BBC works. <laughs> No, but yeah, search it on YouTube. I think if you search downhill BBC and Michael Johnson in the search bar, it comes up and it's 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 really worth a watch. It's really good. I walked up with with Michael Johnson to the top of the Belvard. We caught the uh, we caught the train up and then we walked to the summit. And it's about about two hundred, not even one hundred and fifty meters vertical. The start gate. Um, yeah, to the start gate. But he'd just flown over from the US, and I'd been in altitude. And I was walking up there. <laughs> he was breathing really, really, really hard behind me. <laughs> thought, you know, I think I'll just stop and pretend to look at the view just so he can get a break. Because you know, he's like a, you know, hero. <laughs> you could see, you could see the fear in his eyes standing on the side of the Festa Belvard on that ice. On that, I was racing there, and it was just insane. That ice that, that there was 
mega and just watching him that you saw proper fear in his eyes just the thought of standing on the side of it and working out that he had to now try and get down <laughs> yeah what is your most memorable moment in ski racing history my personally not not for you as a ski racer but for like in, as in ski racing in general what's something that you look back and just go you know lasting uh, memory of ski racing um yeah i mean there's been a few uh there's been lots uh Bodie Miller riding the nets, <laughs> going out of the uh, Steilhang in Kitzbühel was a good one recently, you know, fairly or fairly recently. Um, yeah, there's been yeah, there's been a lot of good good memorable moments. There's been some good ones. There's been some bad ones. Mostly in Kitzbühel as well, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> Finish this sentence. When I'm not skiing, you'll find me ice dancing. And when you're not ice dancing, because this is a bit of a snapshot. What, what... <laughs> what would I normally be doing? <laughs> either basically out on my bike, you know, or swimming, or you know, I'd either be exercising or. Um, so, uh, are you like a good bit of singing, don't you, Graham? You like a bit of a bit of karaoke. That's yeah. been banned. No karaoke going on. Um, I've got it set up at home now, actually. Have you? Got, yeah, because yeah, yeah, I've got uh, I've got um, a sound system. Um, you know mixing thing and you can plug in a microphone you can plug in the computer and then you can actually plug a guitar in as well so you can then put the song on karaoke version of the song and you can sing along to it and well it's good good way to keep yourself busy in lockdown that's for sure what is your worst moment on skis uh oh it's always bad isn't it um Probably the worst moment was watching Reinstadler hit the nets in Wangen and bleed out in the finish area. That wasn't very good. You know, I just finished. I was like, probably, I, I was still stood in the days when they didn't usher you out of the finish area. I was still stood in the finish area. And uh, it was a qualifying race. The first time that they were trying to do a top 30, only the top 30 would qualify to race. And I was lying in 30th. And Reinstadler came down. He was ahead of me at the last split. And then he went into the nets and he ripped his, uh, um, yeah, uh, broke his femoral artery Oof. and uh, broke the head of the top of his femur. And uh, yeah, just bled and bled. So that was probably my worst day on the mountain. Yeah. yeah. I can, yeah. Well, so yeah. So anyone who says it's better to have a bad day in the mountains than a good day in the office, is that that's absolute bull****. <laughs> bad day in the mountains people die. Uh, and final question you're on a road trip to the alps and you've got three seats who's coming with you oh ah oh, yeah uh, good one well you're invited you can't have me I, yeah, because there's too many people that feel, feel obligated to invite me <laughs> uh i'll probably take ed lee you gotta take a snowboarder along um yeah, so then, oh, we've got another, so maybe Jono Verity. Do you know Jono, cameraman, snowboarder? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got two snowboarders. I need a good off-piste skier. Um, who could we take? Who would be fun? Um, Finley. Finley would be a laugh. Yeah, that would be a good crew, actually, the four of us. It'd be an expensive bar bill at the end of that <laughs> ski trip, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a few dry bars <laughs> after that one, I think. Um, you're like are you invited to snowboarders <laughs> you'd never hear the end of it okay thank you graham let's head on to what we are going to expect over the next few days um we have 
two slaloms. The women's slalom in Zagreb is on the third, which is Sunday, Sunday the third. And then the men's race is on the, uh, Wednesday the sixth. Which is a night race. The men's is a night race. Yeah, they're, they're sort of mid-afternoon races. Well, like- yeah, yeah, it's kind of weird because they want to try and get it. They want they have this massive corporate thing and um, they, they make a lot of money, those races. And it's a long drive up the hill. So they don't want them going on too late into the evening, uh, but they want them late enough so that it's dark and it's under floodlights. So it's kind of just timing it right. So they, they kind of have the first run in that kind of dusky light. Yeah. And the uh, second run in, in dark. It's, I, I really like this slalom, this, uh, the hill here. I mean, it's long. It's not too steep, obviously, being in sort of downtown Zagreb pretty much. But it's, um, it's long, it's rolly. And as long as, as long as we get cold conditions, and I've been having a look, look on, um, on the Croatian Instagram account, and it's, it looks like there's a decent amount of snow. And as long as we get cold conditions, it's, it's a belter. What did you, what, do you race there, Marcel? Was it, because it was mainly a women's race, wasn't it? Yeah, I never, I never did, unfortunately. But um, it, it, seems, it seems like good fun there. But... I mean, men came in after your time. Yeah, but the first the first run is always a bit, as you said, quite dusty, isn't it? They're trying to make it, but it's, I think it's quite difficult on the first one. Second one is a lot better usually. Yeah, I mean that's the, the the lights. The lights don't work when it's just not fully dark. You're not getting the benefit of the floodlights, mm. and yeah, it, it makes it really difficult to see. So you see a lot better in the second run um, when it's when it's dark, and then the lights give you the contrast. And then, yeah, it can be wind affected because it's just this kind of hill that sticks up, um, you know, kind of above the city. And yeah, it's, it can be, it can throw up some funny results. Uh, it depends a lot on the course setting. I think it must be something to do with the, the vertical drop versus the length of the, of the hill that allows the course setters to have more of a kind of say um, and and make it weird if they want to. Well, let, let's hope um, that Kostelich is not setting one of those courses. <laughs> Especially after his comments, after his Especially comments after his uh, the other week, saying that the Mickey Mouse what was it a Mickey Mouse set? Didn't it, where was that, Marcel? Yeah, it's a, it was a Mickey Mouse set. Zero zero people dropped out of the first round. That's really bad for ski racing, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> that was Kostelich's. Uh, that's his. Um, that's how he rolls, isn't it? That's he thinks about that all the time. Uh, but actually, there was there was just an earthquake in Zagreb, so my dad said it's not quite sure if they if they can do it or not. But yeah, I think um, I I think they'll get it done. The piece I think for looking at, I spoke to one of the Croatian not not ski racers, but guys involved over there, and they're they're working seriously hard to um, to get it underway because they do love it. And like Graham said, it's worth quite a lot of cash. Mm. Yeah, Croatian ski team. Yeah. And well done to Vedran Pavlik, who's uh, basically Mr. Croatia, Kroski. Oh, really? Making it all happen, yeah. Pretty impressive. I mean, they're having quite a good team now. Yeah, I mean, who would have thought? I mean, I mean, if you've ever skied in Croatia, who would have thought that they would be able to produce after the Kostelic's, that they'd be able to produce anybody? And, you know, I think it's hats off to... to, to to the Kostelic's um, that they've created, um, you know, this this kind of uh, uh, legacy. Yeah. They've created a legacy and, and they should be incredibly proud of, of, of everyone that they've got racing now. 
yeah, bringing all yeah. those guys through. Yeah. Seriously impressive. Do you want to do some pick? Marcel, you've already decided who you think is going to win. I think it's going to be Schifrin. But actually, there's a girl you guys should watch out for. She's born 2004. She's actually from Croatia. I can't find the name right now. But she did two European Cups, came into top 10, um, 36th in the first World Cup. Um, her name is Jutic Trinka. I think she will. She will might be making the second run in this race. Reckon little home field advantage. Hope let's hope so. It's always good. Isn't I mean, that's it? that's rather impressive. Born in two thousand and four. So you're saying Schifrin for the win? Yes, Schifrin for the win. What are you saying, Graham? I think Vlahova will be back. She's yeah. I mean, she's kind of like the one that you'd think would be more consistent. Schifrin, I don't think is you know. Vlahova will fix the problems from uh, Samarin quicker than 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 Schifrin. You know, I think Schifrin has still got something niggling in the back of back of her mind that's it's, and it's not quite right yet. It's just block blocking that blocking that consistent mega scheme that we're so used to seeing from her. Um, I'm I'm going to stick with Leonsberger, which is probably not a bit not a surprise, but um, she's skiing so well at the moment. Gissin. She she could easily do it again. She's very consistent, and it's it wasn't certainly wasn't a one hit wonder. I don't think, but I think just slightly more aggressive on her skis. And if it is really icy, I think you'll need that sort of more powerful hit at the top of the turn to start building speed across the flat. So maybe one of the Norwegians, the Norwegians on the on the flatter set on the flatter course. Yeah, I mean, I think Graham, you're pretty good there because I just look at the results of last year and Lau won by 1.3 seconds for in front of Schiffrin and three and a half Linsberger. <laughs> it was five and a half seconds off. <laughs> Who was five and a half? So you might be quite right there. Who was five and a half off? Uh, Gizin. All right, okay. <laughs> last year was ridiculous. Time difference is huge. I think there was more time difference between the top three than there was in the top 30. Oh, top, top 30 eight seconds yeah. jesus christ yeah. it's a long one though isn't it so we'll, we'll give them a bit of leeway yeah and also there's maybe there's more time between the women's race and the men's race so they can prepare the hill for the women and then prepare it again for the men whereas last year it was back to back day one day then the next day and they they and they were they were low on snow and then they, they snow factoried it and then they injected the hell out of it. So it was it was really, really icy. Get a bit uh, of a buffer. Yeah. So I think maybe this year it might be more normal, um, a kind of more normal piece preparation for the women's race. And then uh, they've got time then to put the injection bar in for the men. Talking about the men, Graham, you can go first. Marcel, you can wait to say Pintero in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go Sennheisen. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no, it's so up in the air. Slalom, there's, yeah. So many goodies, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What, have there been two races? They're chomping at the bit as well, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Marcel, do I even need to ask you who you're going to choose? See, I'd love to say Pintero, and I think he's going to win it. <laughs> But then I, I like I like Vinatzer. I think I go for Vinatzer. I was going to say him too, but I just had a little look now that you're locked in to choosing him. Um, that he's 
he's in the second group, so he could have bib 15. Yeah, but he got third last year with like a really high bib as well. So he's so good he, on the flats, isn't he? he? Yeah, he's really good on the flats. So is Sennheisen, to be honest. Yes, that's why I went for Sennheisen. Um, I guess oh. it depends on the set, and we won't know the sets until yeah, until we see it on the day. So I liked your Venatsa call, and I liked the, the Zenhuizen call because I think both of them are they love the flats, and who else loves the flats? Is Dave, Dave Riding <laughs> loves the flats. Foss Solovarg loves the flats. Um, oh. Christoph. Go for a joint winner so you have better chances. <laughs> joint winner. <laughs> don't, you're not allowed to do joint winners. Don't get any ideas, you lot. <laughs> you don't get double points. Daniel Yule is going to have a bit of a point to prove after, what is he, Dan? Didn't do very t- t- terribly well. Um, oh, God, this is really difficult. I wasn't expecting my backup, my choice and my backup to go in one go. Um, oh, uh, oh god, I really don't know. <laughs> Talk amongst yourselves. What about Schwartz? I don't think he's going to do it. I don't. Do you think he's do you think he's back? Do you? He's pretty good at the flats, usually. And he had a, a third place in uh, Alta Vidia. Hmm. I, I'm, I'm gonna go stick, I'm gonna stick out there. I'm gonna go Foss Solovag. I think that may be a little eyebrows, eyebrow razor. <laughs> But I think uh, yeah, the odds. He's, he's starting in the top group. I don't know if they're on, are on there yet. And he's he's not doing too shabby. He picked up a podium in was it the last one? Was it which one was he? Which one did he stick on the podium? You remember the last one? Ma, uh, Madonna. Yeah. yeah. After leading the first run. Yeah, I'm going to go with him. Good on good form. Yeah. Is are they are the odds on there yet, Graham? No, no, not yet. It's too far away. So, yeah. So, anybody else, make sure you send in your picks. The race is on the 3rd. So, get your picks in quick, please. Don't forget, uh, we all need to get ourselves in front of Marcel to push him down the lead leaderboard. Uh, If you do want any of your Powderhand stuff still, even after Christmas, you can use the discount code SKIPOD. Uh, Just Sorry, just... I'll edit that bit out. Use the discount code POD10, ski pod 10 if you want to get some discount stuff. Marcel, did you get your mugs? I'm, I'm always having it in the morning, and I'm going to win another one, being on the top <laughs> yeah, of the leaderboard. You're not winning it. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> you're definitely not winning it. Right. Um, that brings us towards the end of the coverage that we've got here. Don't forget, if you want to look at the race results in a little bit more detail with some on-screen analysis, you can head over to the YouTube channel and have a look at the Ski Racing Podcast on there. Uh, Let us know what you think. And uh, until next time, goodbye for now. Cheers.